Well, hello, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Todd Coconato Podcast, otherwise known as The Remnant. It is 2-24-2021 Wednesday, and we have a lot of things to talk about today. Thank you for tuning into the show. Welcome, Remnant Warriors. Welcome, Gideon's 300. I am incredibly thankful for you. I hope that uh, you are having a blessed day so far. Uh, I am down here in beautiful Orlando, Florida. I was at the airport, and uh, there was a person. Now, of course, this I, this person probably wasn't from Florida, but they came up to me. They were mad because I had my mask underneath my nose. Do you guys ever do that? Listen, I don't like masks. I'm going to be honest. I, I call them face diapers. You've probably heard me refer to them as that on the program before. Uh, I'm going to actually go into some things about this whole pandemic situation because I think we need to kind of talk about this. And I know that those are the shows that they take down on Facebook and YouTube, and they mark with those little fact check, truth police, like we're living in George Orwell's 1984. You ever think about that? Like the ministry of truth. It, we're literally living through this right now. It's unbelievable. Sometimes I just, I wake up and, you know, this morning was one of those days. <laughs> and I look at my social media. I'm just like, how is this possible that some person somewhere is checking my work? Like I'm in high school, like I'm in grade school. They're checking my, my post on social media. How did it get this way, friends? It's, it's really bizarre and it's unfortunate that it's gotten to this place. But I will tell you, as somebody who has worked in marketing in the corporate world and now is obviously involved in a lot of social media work and uh, you know podcasting, radio show, uh, you know has blogs and all that. I mean, I won't even tell you. If you're doing it, you know. It's crazy what they're putting creators and voices that are out there. All we're doing, this is like a talk show. You know, we're, we're talking and, and we're sharing our views, which we have a right to do under the First Amendment, by the way. And, and sharing, you know, like I said, religious liberty, freedom, constitutional rights. It really blows my mind, ladies and gentlemen, that we have to live in this. Well, we don't have to live in it. And that's what we're going to talk about. Become clear to me that we have to stand up, that we have to push back, that we have to take a stand now. now do I mean violently take a stand? No, but we have to push back. I'm going to give you an example. So I go back to that airport situation. So this guy comes up to me, okay? I'm, I've got off my flight. You know, I'm walking with a couple of friends and people and and we, we start standing in the area where, by the way, the door is like 10 feet from me. And we're standing where we get our luggage. And some man comes up to me. He's a young guy, probably in his 30s with his girlfriend or his wife. And they come up to me and say, excuse me, will you put your mask all the way up over your nose? <laughs> and so I looked around. Now, here's the thing. It's principle for me. It's principle. Because honestly, I probably could just easily put it up above my nose, right? I mean, what's the big deal? I could easily put it up above my nose. But the principle is, number one, there's other people walking around because I'm in Florida with no mask in the airport. And there's about, I would say, at least 25% of the people that have the masks on at this point have them below their nose. And I, and for some reason, I'm singled out by this man. And he says, will you please put... And so I said, well, sir, I said, uh, I, I feel like I already have the antibodies and I don't really, you know, I don't need to wear the mask anyways because I thought maybe that would ease his concern, you know? And, uh, and he said, well, what about the children? And what about, and, and I'm thinking to myself, the children, the children are the least likely to get COVID, number one. 
I mean, they're probably the most, uh, you know, so that's what your excuse is. What about the children? But I said, excuse me, are you the mask police? And I don't want to be rude. I'm not trying to be uh, provocative here, okay? But what I'm just saying is, is that why are you looking at me, sir? You're not a police officer. You're not an official at the airport. You're just some person. Why are you looking at me and telling me to put a mask on? Now, the people that were with me, they were all, you know, very uh, intently watching my response and reaction. Of course, I always think, number one, I'm a public figure. Number two, I'm a pastor. You know, I'm trying to represent the Lord. I don't want to get into an altercation at the airport. That's not my intention. But again, it goes back to principle, ladies and gentlemen, principle. Because I'm thinking to myself, why do I have to be forced to live in this type of society and environment where other people now feel that they have the right to tell me that I have to wear a piece of cloth over my face? Because to me, that reminds me of Sharia. I'm just going to be honest. To me, it reminds me. Now, for those that have traveled to the Arab world, for those that have traveled around the world, to other countries where there are uh, a majority Muslim, you will know that's the way that they live, okay, in, in some places, uh, in, in Sharia societies. Now, you know, it, it's different for men and women, obviously. But what I'm saying is, is that there's this, this whole obsession with the covering of faces. And actually, I want to just read this scripture because this really rocked my world, actually. I don't think any, I have not heard. Now, you tell me if maybe your pastor because I know some of you guys have some really awesome pastors. You've written me and told me that you have remnant pastors. It's very exciting when I hear that the remnant warriors are going to remnant churches. I feel very sad and sorry for those that write and say, my pastor has no clue about the things that you're talking about, and we're praying about whether we should stay here. Those, those situations grieve my heart because I understand your frustration and your concern. I think it's a legitimate concern, but I'm very happy when I hear uh, those that write me and say, yes, Pastor Todd, I have a remnant pastor. He gets it. He's on the same page. He has, he shares these concerns. I love when I hear, now I'm not trying to be a rebel, okay? I'm not trying to, uh, you know, just be some type of rebel here. That's not my goal. But I will tell you when I go to certain churches and there's freedom, I see families sitting together. You know, it, it's nice to see the church is pretty much normal, you know? I mean, that that's the best scenario is when it's just normal. Like we're not in some apocalyptic situation here. People are just praising and worshiping and, they're not worried about hugging and shaking hands and they're just living because that's what we should be doing is being free. Now, I'm all for taking precautions. I understand, you know, some people are susceptible. I, I've never told people that they should put, I mean, I'm against what Cuomo did, for instance, putting the elderly people with uh, compromised immune systems at risk. I'm not stupid. I'm not, you know, um, out there trying to tell you to, you know, cause somebody to die. That's not my objective here. Okay, I, I definitely believe we need to be wise. But at the same time, I think they've taken this way out of control. And by the way, it's so interesting to me. Isn't it interesting how all of a sudden Biden gets inaugurated and, and has the quote unquote administration. And he's, he's in there. I don't know if he's actually in there. I don't know where he is. I still haven't seen a good amount of evidence to prove that he's in the White House in D.C. But that's another story for another day, right? But the thing about this is, if you think about it, Biden's in and then all of a sudden everything's changing now. All the numbers are going down and and I want to read this article. But but let me just finish my story before I read this because I think this is a very important point to make. And I hope that I'm not sounding uh, prideful in this at all. Please tell me if I am. I, I really hope that I'm not. I just, it bothers me. Listen, I have a two-year-old 
and and her whole existence almost. I mean, you know, she's one years old when when this all started. So for the last year, in in this very important period of her life, where she's just starting to see the world, we take her out different places, and all these people are wearing these face. What do you want to call them? I don't know. Covering face covering. They're calling it. He's bare face. Are you kidding me? You mean the way that God made us? The way I mean, there's this whole attack on the way that God made us. Yes, there's male and female. Yes, we have a face with a nose that we're supposed to be breathing. I see people walking around with two masks now. I mean, gosh, that that can't be too healthy. You're not getting enough oxygen. And and there's never been they have not shown us the testing that proves that these masks, I'm talking about the masks that most people are wearing. Because they're not, most people are not walking around with KN95s or N95s. Most people are walking around with typical surgical masks or cloth masks. But they're trying to tell us that these masks somehow prevent something. What do they prevent? Where are the, where are the, you know, the, the, the tests that you're showing us that there have been peer-reviewed, studied, medical-grade tests that this is actually going to stop the COVID virus itself? There is none. Not that I've seen. And if you've seen them, send them to me. I'd love to see them. But but so they, they've socially conditioned everybody. And I'm sorry I'm going off on a little rant here today. But again, as I travel, this is what I see. And it, it grieves my heart and it grieves my spirit that, that we're living in this very scary situation for well over a year now. And I know President Trump did everything he could. You never, You barely ever saw that man wearing a mask. You know, he was really trying to open things up. He always said the... The, the solution can't be worse than the problem. He was pushing for schools to be open. He was pushing for churches to be open. You know, he really fought like a champion. But I really believe this whole thing. Listen, you want me to just lay it out there today? Because I'm just going to lay it out there. I still think this whole thing, this whole pandemic, I think was a master plan of the globalists and the elites to, to put this, to orchestrate this. And, and I, I've been watching uh, videos that have been surfacing where you know they're showing the documentation of the Rockefeller Foundation and past uh, you know plans and strategies that these globalist groups and entities like the Bilderbergers and the you know the Council of Foreign Relations and uh, you know just all these globalist uh, you know the the let's talk about the World Economic Forum you know where they where they had these meetings where they were like leading up to what what was looking like I mean all you have to do is listen this is not fake news ladies and gentlemen this is real they may fact check it but this is real. Anthony Fauci literally said that in 2017, by the way, in 2017, that President Trump would most likely have to deal with a pandemic. How would he know that? Why all of a sudden? I've been alive for, you know, 40 something years here, 40 something years. And in and, and, and all those years, I don't remember us having to deal with the, the, the pandemic that was looming over us in 1985 or, you know, 1995 or, you know, 2005. Why all of a sudden? When President Trump gets in, all of a sudden, yeah, he's going to have to deal with a pandemic. And you got Gates going around there with his wife, Mr. Microsoft, Windows. But somehow he's a specialist. He's a he's like the world-renowned man now on, on vaccines. How did that happen? Who made him the expert? How did he become? And he's such a philanthropist. He, he cares so much that he wants to reduce the world's population. He's saying it has to happen. Showing us in the TED Talks. But they'll, they'll, they'll label this conspiracy. They'll say, I'm giving you false information. Even when we can go right to their own mouth. 
And this is the frustration about this whole uh, ministry of truth, this 1984 situation that we're living in. Because it's getting to the point where anybody that even talks about it is silenced. And so now the citizenry, there's, there's people that are walking around that feel it's their obligation to tell other people to pull the mask above their nose when they're 10 feet from an outdoor exit where fresh air is coming in. I mean, do you remember the good old days, ladies and gentlemen? Remember when you could just have a massive crowd? There was like thousands and thousands of people. No one was worried about social distancing. No one was worried about masks and all this nonsense that we got to deal with now. It just gets so upsetting when you think about this, right? But I'm going to tell you the solution because I am a solutions-oriented person. And people say, Pastor Todd, what can we do? Again, I'm not here to tell you to be Mr. Rebel or Mrs. Rebel, but I will tell you that Jesus actually overturned the tables himself. Jesus was not exactly Mr. Conformity to Roman society. Jesus was actually uh, probably like, you know, how we are today in many ways, a target. They wanted to, they tried to take Jesus out in his, at his birth. Look what they try to do, right? Killing a bunch of babies. You know, it seems to be something that they always are trying to do is kill a bunch of babies. But again, you know, he had to be born in a manger. You know, many people don't talk about this story, but King Herod, sometimes called Herod the Great, I think he served from like 74 to 4 BC. He was the king of Judea who ruled the territory uh, with the Roman approval, by the way. And the Bible depicts Herod as basically a monster who tried to kill baby Jesus when he couldn't find him. He killed every infant in Bethlehem. These demonic attacks against babies, friends, didn't just start in our generation. This has been going on for many, many, many years. The killing of the innocent is a key assignment of the enemy where he tries to take out because God has ordained us all with a plan and a purpose and, and, and made us fearfully and wonderfully. And he, God is a God of life. And the enemy comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. When you look at the challenges that we're dealing with in our society right now, when you look at them, think about it. It's all a spiritual battle. It's all the same battle that we've been dealing with since the beginning of time, since Adam and Eve. And the enemy is trying to uh, change the word of God. He's trying to distort it. He's trying to cause people to have confusion over it, to say, well, maybe he didn't mean that God. Maybe he meant this, or did he really say that? Or, you know, I, I'm watching it where people are changing the scripture. It's crazy. And now, you know, by the way, I want to talk about this because it's, it's something on my mind. They're really starting to ramp up the alien conversation. Are you noticing this now? This airplane saw a UFO and uh, you know, Freedom of Information Act, we're releasing all these alien files. And you know, people say, well, Pastor Todd, what are you going to you know, say about that? I'll tell you, they've been planning this for a long time, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> they've been planning this for a long time because this is their ultimate nail in the coffin, they think. They think to cause exactly what I just said, the enemy to come in and to distort the word of God into making people thinking, oh yes, we're just one of many. And all those nations are failing. That's exactly what they want. And then to bring us in under some tyranny, you know, one world global government, that's their solution. More government, you know, uh, more of the, I mean, they really want to see like a back to a caste system and society where, where this group of people is, is better than this group. 
You know, they're, they're completely going against the Constitution where all men are created equal. They're completely going against our founding father's vision. They're completely going against the word of God and our inalienable rights. They want to be, the, they're power hungry, folks. And it's just like what the devil, the devil was power hungry too. He's still power hungry. He wants to take, he thinks he can take, he can't take God's position. He will never be. He's nothing compared to God. He's just an archangel. God is the king of glory who sits on the throne. But it's the same philosophy where the, 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 the demonic realm and those that are aligning with the demonic realm, they want to cover our, our faces. Let me read that scripture to you because I said I was going to read. Let me read it to you right now. So I'm going to be reading out of 2 Corinthians 3.18. Okay, here's the scripture right here. 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says, And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one decree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Here's another one. 1 Corinthians eleven seven. It says, For a man ought not to cover his head, since he is the image and glory of God, but woman is the glory of man. So again, ladies and gentlemen, I could literally sit here and read you, you know, several scriptures that would give you a pretty good understanding of where God feels about covering ourselves. Okay. And that's why Christians don't cover themselves, okay? When it, of course, clothes is one thing, but I'm talking about covering your face with, with a Sharia veil. It's literally against the word of God. I mean, I just read it right there, and, I, and there's other scriptures I can get into. Again, I'm going to read 2 Corinthians 3.18 just so we get this. It says, and we all, does that mean and we some? No, and we all with unveiled face. It does not say and we all with veiled face. It does not say, and we all with half-covered face or covered nose and mouth. It says, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image and one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now, obviously in the Greek and the Hebrew, you can get into all different types of meanings there, what God is trying to say. But what I'm trying to suggest and what I believe that that scripture is saying is that God wants us. We are the salt and the light. And we're meant to, to show the countenance of the glory of God, the Holy Spirit that lives within our heart, that came into our heart when we accepted Jesus as our personal Lord and our personal Savior. We have a personal relationship with the Lord. We don't ever want to be the one that says, I never knew you. You know, God, God's saying that. I never knew you. Depart from me, workers of iniquity. We also read in the scripture, says, do not be conformed to the things of this world. That's conformity, friends. That's, that's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to tell you to be a rebel. I'm not trying to get Facebook mad at me or whoever mad at me because you know, I'm trying to put somebody in danger. I have a heart to not put people in danger. In fact, we're opening up facilities where people can come and receive prayer any time of the day because that's our heart. We want to be the Bible. We're, we take the Bible literally for what it says. It says, lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. I believe that. You know why I believe it? Because I've seen it so many times. I've seen it so many times. God is still in the miracle working business. He's, he has not stopped performing miracles. He wants to do this in our society. But what we become is a conformed people. We're, we just feel like it's easier. And it sometimes it seems like it's easier. But what we're doing is we're losing the war when we give in to conformity, when we give in to just being apathetic. God, is, is we have to push back. And that's why, going back to my story in the Orlando International Airport, I didn't just put that thing over my nose because 
I couldn't conform to that. I can't with a good conscience because I have to take a stand somewhere. As it is, it's bothering me to even wear the thing. I'll be honest with you. But, you know, I'm trying not to get myself arrested or become, you know, tonight's news. <laughs> you know, Pastor Todd arrested in Orlando airport for not wearing a mask. You know, I'm trying to avoid that type of situation. But at the same time, do my part in pushing back, you know, and, and I'm going to do the bare minimum because most of the time when I'm in public, I'm not wearing masks. I'm going to just be honest with you because I'm trying to, to make a stand to show other people, hey, you don't have to conform either. You don't have to either. And, and, and that's all I'm trying to say is, is if, if we just give no resistance whatsoever and just conform to all these new draconian tyrannical rules and that's why i'm talking about what i am tonight i know there's a risk friends listen there's so much risk i can't even tell you when i google my name now there's all these right wing watch and blah 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 and this one you know what those those people do they make it so you can't ever get a job again now i'm not going to speak that over my life because god will always take care of us according to his riches and glory but if i wanted to go back into corporate america if i wanted to work for a company like coca-cola let's say who's telling me i'm too white as an Italian man, I'm too white, too white. You know, your whiteness is racism. It's unbelievable. Meanwhile, like my best friend growing up was was black. But hey, that doesn't count. It doesn't count. I'm too white. I'm too white. That's what Coca-Cola tells me. So, you know, corporate America, you know, they've gone just completely left wing. That's why I had to leave the corporate world. Now, thank God for people like you that are willing to support my work and, and the work of the Lord that we're doing in the ministry because we have a pretty bold agenda here. I have to be honest, we're doing a lot of different things. I can't even list them all out every day, all the different things that we're working on right now because we're fighting back. We're pushing back. We're not doing it in a violent way. We're doing it by by getting uh, creative and asking the Holy Spirit what we can do to be most effective in this time period. And God is giving us divine vision and, and dreams and, and support and help so that we can do God's work in this hour. And, and it's a huge leap of faith. I say it every day. Let me read this article because I want to, I want to cover this. And again, I need to go back to the whole alien thing. And we're going to have to talk about that more because there's a lot of there there. And I've been promising you I'm going to talk about that. And then there's always breaking news and different things throughout the day. And I never get to it. So we're going to get to it because it's going to have to be a full show. And, uh, and I want to give it its due diligence. My friend Mario Murillo wrote this article. I think it's worth sharing. I like to either read an article or a devotion or something that I think can kind of speak to our faith and kind of summarize it for the day. And uh, the title of this is, How Much More Insanity Can We Endure as Americans? He says, University classes where people wear shoe lifts to make sure everyone is the same height to enforce equality is total bananas. Amazon banning books is tyranny. More lunacy. The Supreme Court refusing to act on voter fraud is, well, I'll let Clarence Thomas say it. The decision to leave election law hidden beneath a shroud of doubt is baffling. By doing nothing, we invite further confusion and erosion of voter confidence. Congress bullying media outlets not to carry Fox News, OAN, and Newsmax is Nazism. Coca-Cola teaching a racist class against white people is vile. Ending deportations of killers and rapists is absolutely insanity. You see it all around you. Wokeness on steroids. Democrats encircling the earth with witch hunts. City after city. Endangered by wacko laws. A growing pseudo outrage. Ripping the very fabric of American life to shreds. 
How much more do we have to take? Believe it or not, that's up to us. Yes, here we go. Yes, we must take it, but only until we're fed up enough to really do something about it. So you ask, what's really doing something about it look like? Here we go, Remnant Warriors. Is the answer armed revolution? No. No violence or rioting is needed or justified. The answer is right under our nose. You know, he was on uh, the Victory Channel. And he was talking with Dutch Sheets and a couple of people about this. And then Abby Johnson came on. And he says, at first, the usual suspects were addressed. Immorality drives abortion. Money drives abortions. But what permits it to survive? The answer echoed at one point or another from every one of us. The cowardice of Christian leaders. Mm. That cowardice explains the deafening silence in our pulpits. That cowardice explains why American Christians cannot act as a single force to bring change because of their need for prominence, the need for acceptance, the need for a massive congregation. Those needs are the sorry substitutes for moral outrage that Satan has told pastors and Christian leaders. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. But what is lost in our constant quoting of this promise is one glaring sin, our wicked ways, that tens of millions of Christians can go online and listen to their favorite preacher preach on subtopics, New Age pep talks, false imperatives, and fantasies about the supernatural. It's wicked. These are our wicked ways. The American church is still asleep. Hello. And their managers are enjoying the slumber of the masses way too much to wake them up. This is scary, folks. We are still so steeped in church incorporated that none of the disasters America is experiencing are enough to wake us up. Think about it. Why are not the pandemic, the stolen election, the mass censorship, legalized drugs, legalized gay marriage, the fact that our cities are now open sewers of immorality, that abortion is not just accepted but enshrined in the American psyche, still not enough to make us turn from our wicked ways. We torture the rare voices that are contending for revival. They are trying to wake up the church, but they find themselves in a living nightmare. They discover that the majority of believers in America are fast asleep. You have no further to look for the answer to why evil is exalted than the paralysis that grips the American pulpit and the indifference of the church. Christians need to drop business as usual and unify under the banner of decency. Yes, I'm being stern, but the stakes are too high to spare anyone's feelings. And most frustrating of all of this is the fact that we can so easily prevent impending disaster if we just come together and unify. Not oneness of doctrine or tradition, but unity for the sake of decency. If everyone from Mark Zuckerberg to Chuck Schumer to John Roberts could feel the fire of an awakened American church, a church willing to say enough is enough, this madness would fold like a house of cards. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what more I could say after that. We have to be a force that literally pushing back with such authority, such authority, such humility, but such authority, such confidence, such faith that we know that all those things that I mentioned, face masks and pandemics and tyrants and those that wish to silence us and those that wish to distort the gospel and those that wish to 
to, to cancel people like myself and say that you can't even have a job or feed your family. They try to scare us. That's why I risk everything. I don't say it to toot my own horn. I don't say it, you know, to make myself look cool. I say it because I have to look at my wife in the eyes. I have to look at my little daughter and say, I think I'm making the right decision here, even though they're trying to cancel us as a family, even though they're trying to crush us financially. I have to believe that either this is real or we've all bought a lie. Listen, when I got stabbed nine times and I was on my way to the hospital and I went to the glory and presence of the Lord, I will never forget that feeling. And that's why not one human being on this entire planet, I don't care if they had 10 million, 20 million, $2 billion that they were going to give me just to renounce my faith. I could not and I would not do it. Why? Because I had a personal encounter with the living God, the God that is so real that sits on the throne and I will forever serve him no matter how high the cost. I'm willing to speak truth. I'm willing to be bold. And I'm willing to stand with other remnant warriors like you. Because I can sit here and talk about all the negative every single day. But I believe that as we get together, this just kind of conversation even that we're having right now, and, and we start praying, standing for one another, contending for our nation, believing in God's word, believing in the truth, believing that there's hope, believing that no one can cancel us because we stand in the authority of the living God and his word. The Bible says the truth shall set the captive free. The Bible says that we take back the territory. You know, the violent take it by force, he said. He doesn't mean that we're going to go and get a bunch of guns and go storm anything. No, I know that the left is trying to say that that's who we are. That's not who we are. Who we are is standing up for righteousness. Is standing up and saying, look, I'm going to stand for the word of God, even if it's criminal. Even if you try to cancel me. Even if you try to cut my finances. I'm going to stand for the truth. Because it's the truth that sets the captive free. And if more people stand for the truth and more people awaken people every single day, like what you're doing out there, I believe in you because I know that you're part of this Remnant 300 army. And I know that you get it. And that's why we do this show every day. Because there has to be a forum where we can come together. We're going to be putting these Zoom calls together. Soon as I get back from Florida, I want to start having these Remnant Leader Zoom calls. Many people have signed up already. You can email me at todd.coconato at rlcus.org. You can also go to the website, toddcoconato.com, and sign up right on there to be a remnant warrior. We are going to take this place back. We're going to do it on so many different levels. On a spiritual level, we're going to intercede. We're going to pray a fresh fire, an anointing of the Holy Spirit to come and pour out fresh upon this nation that there's a great spiritual awakening. But we've got to wake up, saints. And people say, what can I do every day? What can I do? There's so many different things you can do. Well, first of all, we're going to have the Zoom call where, where we can talk about some of the things in depth of what you can do in the community, in your city. But hey, listen, right now, I'll tell you something. Get your family together and get on your knees tonight and repent for the body of Christ and say, Lord, I need you to pour out in our family like you never have before. Give us fresh vision. Give us direction, divine strategy. Connect us with other, other remnant leaders in this city, people that are willing to stand for righteousness. Lord, give us daily assignments, things that we can do to shift and, sh and shape this culture, to transform, not to be conformed. You know, if, if it means taking off a mask, maybe that's what God wants you to do. But, you know, I'm not trying to get you arrested. I'm just saying we have to take bold stances. We can't just be conformed to what they're trying to do because they're just going to keep pushing the needle more and more. There has to be a point where the church stands up and says enough is enough. 
We're going to stand for righteousness, even if there's a cost. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Hey, listen, I'll be back tomorrow. I'm going to be walking the show of CPAC. If you're there, come and see me. Like I said, you can go to the second boat booth. Talk to Jennifer, who'll probably be sitting there. Ask her to page me if I'm walking around. You know, call my cell phone. And uh, I'd love to meet you. And uh, thank you for writing me. Thank you for those that are able to financially support this ministry. You, I can't even tell you how important you are and how grateful we are to you. Literally, you're, you're keeping the lights on here and you're keeping us moving forward and being a force to be reckoned with for the body of Christ, that we're standing up in this nation. And this is what we need to do. So thank you. Thank you to those who are able to financially support. I really appreciate you. And, and I thank you for those that are interceding and praying for us and our protection. You can go to toddcoconato.com slash give if you feel like uh, the Lord is calling you to donate or to help us support the ministry. toddcoconato.com slash give. I love you guys. I bless you. I'll be back tomorrow. God bless.